Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 14, the second paragraph. These are revolutionary and drastic proposals, and we're going to read through the three paragraphs ending with he knows that they are real. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Sherry KB, 12 Traditions, Kathy S. Our readers are Janice M., John K., and Jen T. Our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 steps. Sherry, star one. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB, Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. I will now ask Kathy S. to read the 12 traditions. Kathy? Hi. Good morning, everybody. The 12 tradition of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for a group 
purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsory eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overusers over anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public policy, our public relations policy, is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need only always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Kathy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 14, second paragraph. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, and we'll read through three paragraphs ending with, he knows that they are real. And I will ask Janice M. to begin reading. Janice? Well, <clears throat> good morning to you, uh, Sylvia. And my name is Janice M. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor. 
to ask if I was still saying. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, hmm, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on, hang on to it. Anything is better than, than you were, than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. Well, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. What is he talking about? He's talking about at the time that the six tenants that were given to him by Abby in the hospital that now became, you know, our steps one through 11. Um, haven't done step 12 yet. But see, it started way back when, when he accepted the idea that he was powerless and the effect the effect was electric. I don't know if you ever got an electric shock. You know, it was, ooh, sudden. It was sudden. It was quick. It was quick. Well, I don't know about you, but my awakening. See, this whole, these three paragraphs are describing Bill's spiritual experience. And I have to say for myself, unlike Bill, but we still got the same, we get the same goal, um, I had a spiritual awakening as described. I didn't even set my time. You may have to help me. Um, it's a spiritual, okay, thank you. A spiritual awakening. It's the same thing. Only one is done quick and one is done a little bit longer like it took me. But if you read page 567 in the back of the book, it'll tell us, don't worry about it. It's the same thing. It may take you longer. You may not have the same, you know, the sudden electric feeling like a, like Bill had, but you still will get the same thing. So now, you know, well, what is drastic? Well, you know, I used to think, oh, these, I'm just coming to OA just to stop, you know, eating like Bill. He would just want to stop drinking, which he did. And doing these steps were drastic. They were extreme. Well, I don't know about you, but my eating was pretty drastic. And the effects of my eating was drastic when I almost got a divorce and um, I got all these ailments. And, uh, but this is because I wanted an easier, softer way, but believe me, this is the easier, softer way that I've experienced. Okay. Cause I tried and tried and tried and cost me a lot of money or whatever, but this is the easier, softer way. Um, and the radical it's, it's, it's an extreme because I went from one end of the spectrum to the other and I'm still growing. You know, when we take these steps and we don't stop. This is a spiritual program. And I was always aiming for the worldly, the worldly material world to make me emotionally stable. And um, I had a lot of instincts, a lot of instinctual drives that drove me right to failure, failure, um, because I was looking for emotional security, wealth, like Bill. He wanted wealth, he wanted personal prestige, he wanted power. Well, I had the cart before the horse. And today I know, today I know from experience that it's a spiritual program and I'm so contented. Um, do I have problems? Yep, I still, oh, I hear my time. I have yes. peace and serenity and only that comes from a higher power. I can't give that to myself. I have to, you know, that's given to me as a gift. And uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Okay. Thank you, Janice M. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and open for sharing. We are on page 14, second paragraph. 
we've gone three paragraphs ending with he knows that they are real. And who would like to start this off? Um, Jane S. Sima M. Jane S. Sima M. Rivka A. Rivka A. I think I heard someone else in there. I can take a few more. Danielle T. Stacy T. Stacy T. Carolyn C. Carolyn C. Okay. I think we've got a good lineup here. So we have Jane S., Sima M., Rivka A., Daniel P., Stacy T., Carolyn C. And let's start with you, Jane, followed by Sima. Good morning. Um, this is Jane S. from Pennsylvania. Um, a compulsive eater living in the solution. Um, if you wouldn't mind timing me, I'd appreciate it. Um, okay, I've got it. So good to be able to share. We're at uh, snow day today, so um, I'm able to listen and share live. Um, and uh, the part I that really jumps out to me is the, the very last paragraph um, where uh, he said, um, uh, Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows they are real. And just that sentence, he knows they are real, is so meaningful to me because I now know what has happened to me is real. Um, my experience was not like Bill's, and, and, and I, I always was looking for this, you know, mountaintop, uh, something I would feel uh, in a connection with God. In fact, I would stay really stuck a long time in trying to work step two, thinking that's what step two was. I had to get this connection with God that I felt, and, you know, just... Uh, really felt connected or else I hadn't done step two right. So how wonderful it was to find out when I, uh, a few years ago, uh, someone took me through the 12 steps using the big book and I saw that's not what step two is about at all. It's about just being willing to believe. You know, you don't have to have any kind of connected feelings or anything, and I was like, wow, well, yeah, I, I do believe, I, I do believe in a power, and um, so I was able to move on from there, but my spiritual experience has been my willingness, first of all, getting the hope, getting the hope that, and believing that this has worked for other people, wow, that gave me, you know, just having that hope and belief that, well, then maybe this can work for me, and then the willingness to do this work. And my spiritual experience, actually, what I call my spiritual experience is on the other end of, you know, halfway through step nine, I've done this work, I'm making amends, and truly, just as on the timetable outlined in the big book, I started feeling the promises. I started getting change in my life. Something that I've been trying for, you know, for my 25 years in OA and found elusive. And I know this is real. This is my higher power doing 
for me, what, there's no way I could do this for myself. I have tried to, you know, be patient and loving with my husband. It has not worked. God Fine. has changed me. And um, that's it. Thanks. Yes. Thank you, Janus. We have Sima followed by Rivka A. Sima? Star one? Star one, Sima. Can't hear you. Sima, star one, we can't hear you yet. We'll give you another second. Hello. There you go, Sima. I can okay. hear you. Okay, hi. hi. Hi, this is Sima. I'm uh, very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater, just for today. Speaking from Maine, where we're waiting for the snow to start, even though I'm from New Jersey, vacationing in Maine with to see my little grandchildren turning seven this week. And um, the paragraph, yeah, I'm also home. Because of the snow, I'm able to speak live. But um, uh, my experience was more like Bill's, believe it or not, in a strange way. Um, uh, my, I already was thin when I came into OA, but I, had, but I knew what was coming because I, could, I was starting to binge already. And somebody told me about OA, and I really came in desperate because I didn't want to go back to where I was before. And my first meeting, I met somebody else who was also thin, and she gave me the the gray sheet and the orange sheet, and she said to pick a food plan and write down what I was going to eat and call her, which I said, fine, but I didn't see how that was going to help me. Uh, and then at my second meeting, I found there was a speaker there from AA who spoke about, it was a ninth-step meeting, and uh, spoke about the promises and spoke with just such enthusiasm and you could see the recovery and the glow in him. And as he was talking about the program and the steps, I got this excited feeling that you almost get when you see somebody for the first time and you're going to fall in love with them. And my heart was racing and pounding and I was like, this is what I want, this is what I need. And these promises are showing what I can get and I just... From then on, just um, followed him around to every meeting he was speaking at, and he was in New York City. And there wasn't a lot of um, there weren't a lot of meetings at the time where they were talking about the steps in the big book. And um, he started some big book workshops, and I went to all of them. And we used to record them on these cassette players that we had <laughs> that were rather cumbersome to bring around. And from the very beginning, which was 42 years ago, I understood the steps. And uh, even though I already believed in God, I did not know how to apply God to my life. I just thought God was God, and we didn't have any real connection. And um, it was then that my recovery began. I won't say that I was uh, successful uh, with abstinence because I did have a lot to work through emotionally, spiritually. to finally achieve the recovery. I was out of OA for 25 years, but I came back three and a half years ago and was very grateful when I heard a couple of months later about a vision for you because as soon as I listened to the first meeting, I got that same feeling that I had 40 years before when I when that man spoke about the steps. And I felt I'm home again, and uh, this is when I finally got the recovery with the abstinence. And... Uh, 
very grateful to a vision for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you, Simma. We've got Riska followed by Danielle. Riska? Star one. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Riska. Thank you so very much. Good morning, listeners, and thank you so much for your service. Um, I want to share a little bit. Again, I'm Rivka, a recovered compulsive overeater coming live from Israel. Um, I'd like to share um, on the paragraph where it says, there was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. Well, that sense of victory came about uh, over eight months ago uh, when a friend of mine who's in the program uh, from the States, and I knew her, um, we had known each other for many, many years personally because I lived in uh, Florida, and uh, she had shared with me about a vision for you. At first, I wasn't too open, but you know... um, (laughs) As, as uh, the God of my understanding would have it, I received the gift of desperation because I had hit a bottom that I had never done before, had never experienced before, which was an open door, which led to um, the vision for you. She had shared with me about how vision for, for you had helped her in many ways. And here I am in Israel. And um, so... Um, it was apparent that I needed some help, and uh, so I was very willing. I had the key of willingness, the gift of desperation. I was willing to learn and to hear something new, and so I was given that sense of victory once I had connected with a vision for you and had a a new connection and a a new uh, personal relationship with God of my own understanding. It didn't happen all at once. My willingness was the part that was the key of an open door experience to embrace a vision for you, to embrace Overeaters Anonymous, because I wasn't too keen on that idea. I wasn't really ready to give up my will. But I saw that once hitting my bottom, there was nothing left but to embrace and pick up the tools of recovery. Uh, I just want to mention that um, in the 12 and 12 of AA, it says AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature, which this practice as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink, if you will, overeating, and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. Um, you know, my experience uh, with this victory had come over time and evolved because I followed the directions. I had given my fifth step away. I had done the fourth, done the work, given my fifth step to my sponsor. And then as I began to do the reparations, the amends, oh, my goodness, the victory I felt once I faced my fears and overcame them by a faith coming to believe in that power, that source of uh, victory came to me over time, gradually, not instantly, but I saw the work that was going on through me as I was willing to turn my will and my life, my behaviors, over to something greater than myself. And with that, I will pass. And thank you so much, listeners, and have a great day. This is Rivka A. Thank you, Rivka. We have Danielle P. followed by Stacy C. Danielle, star one. Star one, Danielle, we can't hear you yet. Sorry about that. Good morning. My name is Danielle T, as in Tom, and I am a recovered 
compulsive overeater in Denver, Colorado. Thank you all for your service, for making this meeting available to us today. Drastic proposals. Yes, they did seem drastic to me, surrendering all of my alcoholic foods and working the steps. No, they don't now. In fact, they've been quite the opposite, liberating and transformational. Yet the food, it, was, it had been so intricately woven into the fabric of my identity, the foodie that I was. Who would I be without this powerful attachment to food? Seeking out the best restaurants in town, going to the fabulous wine tastings, the amazing dinner parties. What would there be left to do? I couldn't imagine leaving that person behind. The lie I was telling myself was that there could be nothing more interesting Yet underneath it all was a relationship to be found that was so much more fulfilling. And that, that of course, is with my higher power. For me, it wasn't as much of a sense of a victory at that time, although it is now, um, as someone mentioned, as a result of making my amends. That's when the victory, the feelings of victory came. Uh, it, was, it was a feeling of awe reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. I just couldn't believe that that compulsion to eat had been lifted and I was so afraid it would be taken away or go away. I think back to those final days, weeks and months right before my final surrender of the food, there was this constant drive to get the best last bite. I'd be driving home from work thinking of what restaurant or combination of restaurants I could stop at or dine at one last time, and there were so many last suppers. And so it, it made me think of, you know, the infamous last supper. Um, forgive forgive the, the mention of this morbid subject, but, you know, before, before an execution, for example. But when I looked it up, it, says, it said, the last meal is the last choice one can make before being put to death. And that's exactly what it felt like to me. I was going to die, and worse, I was going to have to give up my power to choose forever. That was so terrifying to me. Thank God for this program and the steps, for they ironically led me out of the darkness of prison and into the light of freedom. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Danielle T. We have Stacy T. followed by Carolyn C. Stacy T. Good morning. This is Stacy T. calling from Cleveland. Thanks for your service. Glad to be on this line this morning. Uh, just a couple brief brief thoughts. Um, so my understanding is that Bill was 39 at this point, and I was in my 30s um, when I felt a sense of victory and peace and serenity, um, as I had never known. And what I didn't know then is that I would have subsequent experiences where I felt that sense of peace and serenity. And though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blowing through me, and while that did happen, what I also felt and what I had heard was doubting my sanity. And so the obsession of the mind for me 
was that my mind was saying, is this real? Fear and doubt would continue to plague me. And with the obsession of the mind, it would be that turn that would want to sabotage me, to not take with the sincerity that the sense of peace and serenity was truly real and mine and that no one could take it unless I gave it away. And God comes to most men gradually. So while I've had these several experiences throughout my life and I'm now rounding to 61, I still say that God, as I understand God, continues to come to me gradually. The more that I learn, the more that I know, the more that I know, the more that I realize what I don't know. And as I continue studying this text, I see, I learn, and I pay attention to all of the ways that I both clear a path for myself with God's help and that I can still block the sunlight of the Spirit. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Uh, Carolyn C. Start one to mute, to unmute Carolyn C. Hi, this is Carolyn C. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Thank you so much. This is Carolyn C. Uh, recovering in Colorado and so grateful to be here today. <clears throat> I just wanted to share, um, I've been in program for um, about six months and um, have been abstinent since the beginning of the year and working with a sponsor. And um, on Sunday, my second sponsor and first vision sponsor um, let me go. And, you know, normally my my response and my response was, you know, I was I was disappointed. I had questions that weren't being answered. And that was a surprise to me because I just had different expectations for um you know for this process. But in the end, you know, I sat with the discomfort and I didn't eat as a result. I leaned on the tools that I have both with my local groups um and the the people that I've met through the vision calls and um and so when my um when I sat with that and I um just just I just I guess really really leaned on my higher power to guide me um I was led to a beautiful conversation yesterday and ended the day feeling really solid with the spiritual connection that I that I have through the work that I'm doing. Um, I don't know if I've had my spiritual awakening. I can't say that with confidence at this point because I'm still working the steps and I'm ready to give my step five away. And um, so it's, you know, I, I just believe there's so many messages being given me through this process and um, and I and I'm willing to go to whatever, you know, whatever lengths it takes to to be freed completely from this obsession of my mind. And, um, and it's, it's especially telling to have reached this 
greater sense of serenity last night because this morning I awoke to being told that my 96 grand 96 year old grandfather had passed away and um, I knew that he wasn't doing well but you know to have these things happen in in sequence um, certainly in the past would have sent me railing into the food and whatever other um, what other whatever other vices I would use in the past to deal with this, um, not least of which would be commiserating with everybody who would support my negative feelings. And that's not what I did. And that's not what I'm going to do. And it's because of the voices of recovery on this line. It's because of the, the, the being able to witness other people who have recovered, who have handled trial and tribulation, who have handled deaths, who have handled divorces, and have done it in recovery and have not let the food become a problem. So with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much for being here. God bless. Thank you, Carolyn C. We're now going to reopen it for shares. Uh, for, if you're just joining us, we're on page 14, second paragraph. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. And it goes to three paragraphs. Lisa R. John K. <laughs> We've got Devorah S. KB. We've got John Okay, I've got Sherry KB. I I had someone else in there. Lisa R. Lisa R. <laughs> yeah. I've got Deborah, John K, Sherry, and Lisa. Did I miss anyone there? Stephanie M. Stephanie M. That might be all we have time for. Let's just stop with that for right now. Okay, Deborah, John K, Sherry KB, Lisa R, and Stephanie M. Deborah. And if you're not if you're not sharing, uh, please mute. Okay, Deborah, star one. We can't oh, hear you good yet. Good morning. Deborah. I was talking there to you uh, myself. There, there I am. Here mm-hmm. I am. Good morning. Thank you, moderator. Everybody on the line. It's it's a snow day for me here, and I'm really excited to be able to be on this meeting, um, and. Um, so Devorah S. recovered in New Jersey. And so these were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I accepted them, the effect was electric. And for me, I came into program 17 years ago, and the first thing that I was given was a food plan, and uh, it was laid out to me, you know, very simply, and, you know, putting down the binge substances and eating amount, you know, weighing and measuring my food. And, you know, I was given a lot of guidelines as what to do about the food, and it was, it was a very big deal for me, you know. I I came in, I was obese, I was I was 280 pounds, and every day that I was abstinent, it was like, wow, am I going to lose 100 pounds today? Like overnight, am I going to lose? You know, it's like I just wanted it so fast that it should just go. It was a whole. And then I just something switched. Like it was like I didn't care anymore. I didn't care how long this thing took because I was feeling, you know, like just. So much better. I know we get to feel a lot of things, um, you know, when we put down the food. We feel our emotions a lot better. But I feel like there was a drastic change in the way I was thinking. No longer was I looking for the food to give me some kind of relief. Um, And it was purely like I was just something switched in my head and in my the way I was living that was drastic. And it was a miracle. And I didn't need to to turn to the food again. Um, and as the you know 
as my, um, you know, as I progressed in program, you know, I worked through the steps and continued till today, you know, I haven't had a need to pick up the food. And, and what a miracle that is. And, and the biggest miracle is that I don't want it, you know. I'm surrounded a lot by, you know, I have a family, I have relatives, there's a lot of social um, uh, occasions that I get to, I, I get to go to and enjoy and um, and it's not about that. And who would think? Not me. I would never think that it wouldn't be about the food because that was always it's always about. That was all. Every time I went somewhere, it was always oh, what are they? And today it's not like that. And and where does that come from? It, it comes from having this psychic change, you know, um, and working the steps, you know, and you know, and and not being that self-centered person thinking about what what I want, but perhaps <clears throat> perhaps now going to a place and seeing what can I bring, how can I, what can I do for the next person, how can I be of service for someone else. And um, and honestly, you know, um, before I got into this program, I really thought that I was a very giving person because, you know, if they, people would call me, my community, or would someone say, you know, can you do something for this person or that, can I give of myself? Yes. I, I was able to, but there was always some kind of motive there. You know, what am I going to get in return? And, you know, today I'm not, I don't, I hear you, thank you, I'll just wrap it up. And today I'm I'm not living like that. And, you know, what a miracle that is. And I'm so, just so grateful to be here and to be able to be part of this. Thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Deborah S. John K. followed by Sherry K.B. John? Good morning. This is uh, John Tiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Los Angeles. And I'm also waiting for the snow, but I've been waiting 20 years for it. So um, I have to say, um, I, you know, I love where the doctor says, uh, you know, something's happened to you, I don't understand, but you better hang on to it. And, you know, that was, I think, the first experience that doctor had had where later on in the, you know, actually not later on, actually before in the book, you know, where the doctor says, you know, Unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, which is another way of saying spiritual awakening, uh, which was revolutionary for a doctor to say. And, you know, it was so sort of um, uh, revolutionary that, you know, Dr. Silver didn't want his name on it for the first edition. And uh, I can tell you for me, uh, having been through two different programs, one for alcohol, one for food, this happened to me both times. It wasn't, you know, a thunderclap of seeing God or the same kind of thing Bill had. But I had what is usually termed in both programs a pink cloud, a pink cloud sobriety, a pink cloud abstinence. And the thing is, is because I'm that immature or was that immature little kid, uh, I got it easily and I figured I could get it back easily, so I gave it away both times. I had a wonderful, it was easy, uh, you know, especially in my first accident, for years of trying this, it almost thought it was easy, it was simple, I couldn't understand why everybody didn't get it, and then I gave it away, and then it was hard, and it was really hard, and I tell people who are new, and if they're on a pink cloud, hold on to it with both hands, but immediately start the pivot, get into the steps right away, because that's the only way you're going to hold on to it. If I didn't start to grow, which I didn't, I sort of said, oh, it was easy, and it'll be easy a second time. Well, it wasn't. It was years of, of, of fighting it after that. And the whole idea was I couldn't understand why. Um, and when I first came into OA, I would always, one of my, my shares when I was sharing this, say, well, I tried every diet and none of them worked. 
And then I got thinking, no, that wasn't true. I I was on every diet before OA, and they all worked. They all worked once, but then they didn't work anymore. And because I'm an addict, and the addict brain was then starting to look for loopholes on all these diets. And what I look back later is that my first OA abstinence wasn't really abstinence. It was just another first one of another diet. I'd been given a food plan because when I came in, there were food plans. Um, and it was that kind of thing. And so I put my, put my brain out and just did what they told me, and everything worked. And then I spent the next God knows how many years chasing that. You know, in, in, over in, in like, like drugs and alcohol, let's talk about chasing the first high. Well, I was chasing that first recovery. I was trying to get that recovery back. It was easy, it was simple, I wouldn't have to work for it. And I don't believe you get more than one of those. And as a result, I kept waiting and waiting instead of being willing to do the work and roll up my sleeve and realize I was going to have to go through some white knuckle time, et cetera, et cetera. And once that, you know, that, that thank God, my higher power finally decided, okay, he's had enough, uh, it got better. But I always tell people, and I'll wrap up, if you're on a pink cloud of abstinence, great. It's wonderful. God bless you. Hold on to it, but pivot into the steps, pivot into the big book. And don't think that just going to meetings and talking about yourself is going to keep you absent. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, John Kay. Sherry KB, followed by Lisa R. Sherry? Yes, good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, Thank you for your service. Um, I like looking up words. Uh, Revolutionary means extreme change, uh, drastic changes. And that's what this book is about for me. That's what these changes are about, life changes, um, putting down the food, uh, getting into this book and working these steps and the drastic proposals. Um, They're talking about the the steps and, um, and the effect that it has on me. When I did my um, when I did my sixth step, fifth and sixth step with my sponsor, especially the fifth, um, when I first did the fifth with her, um, she gave me some time to be by myself, and um, I felt I did feel that sense of that amazing electric feeling. I, I did feel that that serenity and peace. I did feel the nearness of my higher power. Um, it was calming and soothing for me. Um, and then doing the rest of the steps was where, for me, the the victory came, a sense of victory because of having this peace and serenity um, that I have never experienced before. And and I did fill up with it. I felt I felt light because um, the burdens were were lifted from me from giving my um, fifth, sixth, and seventh step to me, and then continuing with the work um, in eight and nine and. Um, Especially, we're talking up to about step 11 here, um, and just the the nearness that I did feel in my higher power. I didn't have a burning bush. I, I, I still continue to feel the nearness of my higher power. I've had some things come up just recently and could feel the nearness of my higher power. And also, what I love is these revolutionary, drastic proposals are a way that I'm living today that I never lived before. I have directions and guides what to do when something comes up in my life, when crisis comes up. <clears throat> I know what I can do. I, I really didn't know what I could do before. I knew somewhat. But the difference is, is today I have guides, directions, and what I can do to take care of myself 
especially when life happens. And that, to me, is um, such a gift. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Lisa R., followed by Stephanie M. Hi, Lisa R., happy, joyous, and free in Baltimore, Maryland. Good morning, everybody. Um, I, I love that there was a sense of victory, and it goes on to say, I felt lifted up as though a great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. And being a backpacker, um, that really means a lot to me. Um, but again, I, as so many have shared before, it, it doesn't come right away for most of us. But my, my sponsor constantly says to me, how can I be of maximum service? And I, until I embraced that, I didn't feel that, that freedom, that victory. But now that I've gone through the steps and I've, I've tried to be of maximum service to others and I'm thinking that way and it's becoming a lifestyle now, which, you know, thank God after a year of white knuckling through regular OA, I found a vision for you. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different paradigm shift. It's, it's taking the, the mirror away from myself and turning it out towards others. And, you know, how can I help you? How can I, can I read with you? Can I uh, take a 10th step? Um, Just, you know, a a number of things, sponsoring. Um, When I changed, it changed in me. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Lisa R. Stephanie M. Can you hear me? I can, Stephanie. Thank you. All right, this is Stephanie N. Recovered in Kansas. Um, the part that stood out to me is finally he shook his head saying, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. When I was in college, I was really in the depths of my disease and I had um, I'd been fainting a lot and my parents sent me to the, to the doctor and I was trying to explain to him what I was doing with food and he told me what I should do with food and and uh, just I was you know overweight and I think he didn't believe what I was doing what I was telling him with the purging and the starving and you know this just this cycle of, um, and then underdoing it and um and he just made me feel so humiliated and alone and misunderstood. Um, I spent years after that uh, doctor's appointment just hiding and feeling ashamed and alone. And um, I'm just grateful for Dr. Silkworth saying, I don't understand, but I know that it's real. Um, Because that is how I understand the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And because of the program, I am now recovered and I don't feel alone anymore. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie M. We have time for about two more shares. And so I'm going to open it up uh, again for anyone who wants to share. It's page 14. Wendy second paragraph. Wendy, great to hear you. Is somebody else? 
Penny C. Penny C. Let's go with that. And if we have time for one more, I'll put out one more call. So Wendy M. Yes, good morning. Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. So happy to be on the line. Sylvia, thank you so much for your service and everybody else who's sharing. It's awesome. Um, So first, just the word revolutionary and drastic. And that means an entire rearrangement, right, an entire type of change. And I have to say that the minute I fully accepted this program, especially when I got entirely abstinent, thank you, God, um, the effect was electric for me. It was unbelievable. I've been in program 16 years, and I never, ever had this electric effect. Ever. And that's okay. As my sponsor always says, you needed 16 years of bite until you could get to God. It took me 16 years. That's okay. I just, I kept coming back. I absolutely did. Um, and, the, and, the, and what I followed, as they say, is peace and serenity like I'd never known. Unbelievable. It was electric. It was peace. It was serenity. Oh, my God. And, and, and this does not mean I don't have defects that pop up all the time. But what's changed is that I reach out to others when I'm in my stuff so I can get out of Wendy's program and hear God's will again through all of you. That's the difference. And as somebody said, useful. How can I be useful today? Maximum usefulness. Um, so, yeah, it was sudden and profound, and I am so deeply grateful for that fact. I, I, I've never experienced anything like it. It's unbelievable. I am neutral with food, and if you're in the food, just know that it's harder to be in the food than it is to be entirely abstinent. As somebody said before, the easier, softer way is doing this program. Absolutely. And then finally, just the word real. He knows that they are real. This is some real stuff. This is real. I feel God, experience God every single day. Sometimes I say, I don't know if God exists, but I experience God all the time. Um, it's a magical, I don't know how this thing works. It is. It's, it's kind of like I don't even need to know how it works. All I know is that it's work. It's a program of action. So I take action every day, all the time. So I can get unblocked and get to God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy M. And Penny C. Hi, thank you, Sylvia. This is Penny C, recovered compulsive overeater in in uh, Massachusetts. Um, I just wanted to that sentence. Something has happened to you. I don't understand. I heard that quite unexpectedly. When my sister, who followed me into OA six months after I had um, started recovering, and she and I were doing a a workshop at um, a Region 6 convention, when she she had first and told her story, and, and I heard her say for the first time, what I what what I was attracted to in my sister wasn't the weight loss, but something had happened to her that I didn't understand. She was chasing spirituality, and her whole attitude seemed on life seemed different. 
And so when I read those words, I think of, of my sister and I think of how powerful that was for me because she had never said that to me. Uh, I thought what was attracting her was the fact that I had lost quite a bit of weight in that six months. But she saw me lose weight time and time again and put it all back on and more. And for the first time, she saw this change. And I know today what that change was, that I had had a spiritual awakening. Um, It didn't come with the big, you know, huge light, and I didn't get knocked off a horse or or sent into, uh, you know, outer space. But it was a gradual change that my sister saw that I didn't even see myself yet. So I, that paragraph is, is so meaningful to me, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Why, thank you, Penny C. I've got time for one more share. Does anyone want to pop up there? If not, I'll take it. Anyone? Matt M. Matt M. There they are in Oregon. Okay, we've got Matt. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt M. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I just want to say the big book, though, that I read the big book section, I was talking about, hold on, about how he has to be, um, one second, got to read that section again. One second. How they're talking about is all now, only what this, you know, I have my little phone today. Something that's happened to you I don't understand. For me, when I first came in the room, I was hopeless. And I don't think I'm one of the hopeless cases, but I do have a lot of growth and growing to do. I have a lot of things I have to work on. My living situation has it's gotten better, but I still have to work on my food. I have to get a sponsor. But I, I know that for me, I don't have the willingness to die. That's the one thing I don't have anymore. I did put some weight on recently because I, I wasn't eating well. I had a lot of transition in my life that I had to move and everything, and I got a little out of control with the food. But just for today, I'm glad I don't have to follow through with that urge to want to eat and eat and eat my brains out. I have good friends in my life, and I have somebody in my life who really really took care of me and uh, really wants me to succeed. And I'm very grateful she's in my life because she makes me, makes, me, makes me feel like I have a place in the world, you know, that kind of thing. I'm just grateful I'm not alone in this fight. I, got all on, I lost my phone. My phone died on me last time. I haven't had a phone for a month and a half. I finally got a cell phone again. I can call people. I got a lot of my numbers back. I'm still missing a lot of my phone numbers that I had that I used to have. But I'm, I'm realizing that God will give me the numbers back if he wants me to have certain numbers. And I've gotten the ones back, a lot of the ones back that I used to have. I'm just grateful that I'm here on the meeting today. And uh, being here snowed in, that I'm, I'm not going out today, it's good to know that we have, there's a phone line open where I can call in and listen to some people who are recovered. So I know there is a place for me that I can get recovered myself. Thanks for letting me share our task. Thank you, Matt M. Um, Thank you. We're going to close the meeting now. And um, thank you to everyone who has shared. And thank you for the people who stepped up for service, Sherry KB, Kathy S, Janice M, John K, and Jen T. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will John K please read uh, a vision for you? John K, still compulsive eater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact before us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 